Hey, my friends, I have an amazing interview with Tommy Mello. You're going to love this. The guy built from scratch a $40 million home service company uh, operating in 12 states. Really, really neat guy. Lots of amazing insights. Uh, the audio quality isn't perfect because I did have to call his cell phone. He's a busy guy. Uh, very fortunate that I got to get as much time uh, out of him as I did. I think you're going to love it. And if there's a little bit of uh, audio annoyances in the first few minutes, please muscle through it. It's well worth it. And it gets better as it goes. Here we go. Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast with Joshua Latimer, where we discuss Business, life, family, faith, struggle, fire, pain, and ultimately winning. It's time to take massive action. Look, I, I can't work harder on your life or business than you do. It's ultimately all on you. So, you know, God created all the food the birds would ever need, but he doesn't put it in their nest. You've got to go get it. Ten out of ten people die. So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can Hey, my friends, welcome back to the Quick Talk Podcast. Josh here. Super excited that you are going to have the pleasure to meet someone you may or may have not heard of. His name is Tommy Mello, a rock star beast entrepreneurial whack job in a good way, who's basically taking over the world uh, in the home service industry. He's got a really popular podcast. He's got several businesses. I'm going to let him kind of explain all of it. His core business is a garage door uh, company that does I think like over 30 or $40 million a year. Uh, he's he's a young guy. He's actually originally from Michigan. I was introduced by a mutual friend and I was so excited when I talked to him because he's just doing all this stuff and he, he's, he's taking over the world. And I thought uh, it would be awesome for him to share some wisdom and gold nuggets with you guys. Tommy, how the heck are you? I'm great. It's a beautiful day here in Arizona and uh, pleasure to be here, Josh. Thanks for having me on. Well, you, uh, I don't even know where to start with you, but the fact that you took a garage door company, I don't know what the average size is for that type of home service business, but it's not $40 million a year. How the heck did that happen? What makes you different than the 99% of other people that can't have that big of an outcome? Tell us your story and kind of unpack that a little bit if you could. Yeah, well, I'm 35. I don't have kids and I'm not married, which is probably the biggest factor of my success. <laughs> Not that I don't want a family and I don't want to get married and have kids, but I work a lot and I enjoy working. And people ask when you, when, you know, what do you want to do? Well, what do you enjoy? I enjoy golf and I enjoy bowling and I enjoy shooting pool and darts and, and hanging out with friends and football, but I really enjoy working. I enjoy walking in in the morning. I enjoy ha having meetings. I enjoy the company I've surrounded myself with uh, at work. So that's actually, believe it or not, one of my pleasures, but I kind of just, I, I had a landscaping company when I was very, very young, uh, throughout my early twenties, I used to do water conservation analysis for large corporations and earn their business. Cause I could show them how much money I could save them on paper. There was a time that I would flip Bowflexes. So I would buy them one day. I bought one. I went in the Arizona Republic. I got obsessed with it. I wanted a Bowflex. So I looked everywhere, and the guy I talked to in the Arizona Republic said, Tommy, you're not going to believe this, but you're the 10th person that called me, and I just put the thing ad up yesterday. And I said, you got to be kidding me. He goes, no. He's like, I wish I would have sold it for more. He goes, I sold it for 800 bucks. I guess he paid like two grand for it. 
And uh, my roommate at the time said, have you heard of that site called Craigslist? It's a newer site. And I said, no. So I checked it out and I found, I found five ball flexes. They were all from two to 500. So I bought all of them. And um, I put an ad in the Arizona Republic. So at one point, I just said, keep the ad running. It was 40 bucks a week. And I had a real big ad. And there were times where I would sell six to 10 ball flexes a week. I had a great thing going. I put want ball flexes on Craigslist. And I go pick up three or four at a time. There were times that I'd tell the people I'd deliver it because I was going to pick one up close to the house where the person wanted to buy it. So I flipped a couple hundred <laughs> ball flexes. I used to flip cars. I used to bartend. I just really just, I was a one-man army. I could make a lot of money. I mean, the way I got started in garage doors is my buddy called me up and said, hey, I work for this garage door company. I said, okay, what goes wrong with a garage door? I started laughing. I'm like, never even heard of a company. Like, I never had a broken garage door. And he said, yeah, yeah, make fun of me all you want. He goes, I'm making 50 grand a year just answering phones. I'm one of their top bookers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is, this is 10 years ago, uh, more than a little over that 12. Garage doors. I go, no, I've never painted a garage door, but I could learn how much does it pay? He said, well, we'll give you a hundred bucks per door, but you got to provide the paint. And I said, well, how much is paint? He goes, you know, you could get it from Home Depot. I think they got a thing called Speed Coat, is what he told me, and uh, you could get them for like twelve bucks. So I did it. I hired a painter. He taught me how to do it for three doors. I went out and started to do it myself. I got to the point where I could paint twelve to fifteen doors a week because I called every other garage door company in Phoenix and became their preferred painter. I go pick up the paint chips. They cut out a little sample. I go do every door on a Saturday. I start early. At a G20 Infinity, I bought a Magnum 5 from Home Depot, made $1,500 a lot of Saturdays. And I said, man, this garage door business seems okay. So my other buddy got a job as a technician making 70, 80 grand a year, top sales guy for the company. So he goes, you got to check this business out and forget about your landscaping and bartending days. So we went into business, got ourselves into debt, thought we knew how to do taxes, thought we were marketing geniuses. You know, we were two guys answering all the phones, taking the inventory, trying to 1099 guys. And I thought I knew what I was doing, but uh, I didn't. And we went into some debt and he smoked a lot of weed and it wasn't a good relationship. We're best friends still today. But as far as business goes, I realized that you can't have some of the same relationships just because your friends or family doesn't mean you can have a business relationship with money. So I'm curious. I bought him out in 2010. I'm curious, Tommy. Well, I, I'm just curious in regards to your background. Did you grow up around uh, entrepreneurism? I mean, you're, it seems like you're always seeing opportunities. You're looking for stuff. You're making, you know, money. You're just a hustler, right? So you're you're a hustler. You're you're at the point in your story now where you're about to build a real company, a really organized, large, profitable company. But you had been making money before that. Uh, are you just a fearless guy? Do you just have no fear when it comes to taking risks, doing stuff? Do you? Why do you think you're like that? Yeah, you know, I guess so. I guess, I, you know, I'm a very optimistic thinker. You know, in the morning, I really, I, I'm going to hit 100 million in 2020. It's written everywhere. That's affirmations. I just, I, I think a certain way and I don't meditate on the negative. There's negative stuff. If I focus on the negative, I mean, I have, I, two days ago, I had a truck catch on fire. I've had guys flip trucks. I got a guy in the hospital. I have workman's comp issues. It's minimal problems compared to the company I am. Now I care about every employee. I just found out one of my guy's daughters, she's terminally ill with cancer. 
She's got two weeks to live. We're raising money for her. It's the most devastating story. I almost started crying this morning in our 120 technicians. It was just not fair. And I, I'm like, you guys could donate a half day of your PTO if you want, because I give my technicians paid time off. I'm like, if 20 of you guys give it, that'll give him 10 days with his daughter on her last, you know, two to three weeks with his, with his beautiful daughter. So things are tough, but I can't focus. I can't bring myself to focus on the negativity. And I, I do care, trust me. But if you, if you get anxiety and you, you just can't, find yourself to sleep at night. Uh, this business is not for you. You do not want to scale a home service business. You want to figure out to find something automated. And I have some different businesses that are automated that are scalable. You can't scale human behavior. So you need to create systems around it and procedures and checklists. But you asked me a question before my dad uh, owned a transmission shop. He was very, uh, business oriented. He worked really hard my whole life. Uh, but they got a divorce when I was about eight. And I won't say that I was, he was my soccer coach, my baseball coach. My mom gave me all the love and support you could ever think of, but I didn't have, we didn't have a lot of money. My mom at one point had three jobs, became a real estate agent, was serving tables at night and selling some door to door makeup stuff. Mary Kay. I don't know. My dad was around, but still, you know, I, I got a job when I was 12 washing dishes because I knew my mom didn't, she had the money. She would do anything for me. She borrowed if she, I, I was never underprivileged. I didn't have a bunch of clothes that were ripping off. And, uh, you know, if I wanted to go on a field trip, she made sure I went and my dad would help out. So I don't want to say that I grew up in a depression by any means, but I didn't want to be a, a pain in the and ask for a bunch of stuff from my parents. So I got a job a year earlier before I was able to work washing dishes at Rookie's Clubhouse on 17 and Ryan. And uh, I got $4.05 per hour cash under the table. I was shovel snow in the winter, mow lawns in the summer. And uh, I always had money. And I never, ever had to borrow money. I never, I got a master's degree in business, never had to borrow money, never took a loan out from my parents, never called my grandma for money. And uh, I just never had to do it. And I'm not proud of that. I'm not bragging about it. I think everybody hits the bottom at some point and, and you know, you, you could rely on family to help you out. So it's not something I'm cocky about. It's just, it's just reality. Have you ever had any uh, companies just, just completely fail or not work or blow, blow up in your face? I know a lot of entrepreneurs that reach a high level success, they, they might have some horror stories in their past. I don't know if you do or not. And if you don't, that's okay. But uh, if you did, can you talk about that? Well, I want to give you a good example because uh, I just, uh, so I, I think that business comes easy to me a little bit more now. So I'm kind of, I kind of got cocky last year and I was out in China visiting one of my garage manufacturers. The name is guardian. And I said to Andrew, the owner, he's about 33. His dad owns a bunch of factories, but he's part of the ownership. That's just how uh, Taiwanese families work. So we're visiting, they have over a thousand people, workers. And I said, this is amazing. I'm in Shanghai. I said, is there any other factories? And I brought my buddy Johnny with me who in the, in the wintertime, he hangs Christmas lights. And, and I kind of knew that Andrew knew a guy that does Christmas lights. And he said, yeah, you can go see my buddy Wayne. He provides all the Christmas lights to Walmart and the Sam's club and, uh, and, uh, just the biggest companies, Costco. So we went there and, uh, just thousands of workers. They stay on the site. There's machines. It's just crazy. And I just, my eyes lit up because I love Christmas. And I'm like, Johnny, how, t how much money are you bringing in? He goes, oh, I'm paying, I'm making 25 grand in the winter. 
And that's just me putting it in my pocket. You know, it's a few months and I take down the lights. I got good customers. I'm like, dude, I'm like, this could be a real business. And I said, Wayne, I'm not sure if I'm ready to get in this business. He goes, dude, I'll give you one year terms, meaning you don't have to pay me for a year. Um, it was a little bit less than a year. It was like nine months. And I said, you can't go wrong. I'm buying it at the same price as Walmart. We set up customs. We got the ship. We ordered $300,000 of lights. My, my thing was, and I've got two partners. I got Johnny and Dustin. And uh, I'm like, man, this is simple. It's Christmas lights. You know, how hard could this be? Well, I don't have time. My, my, my thing I was bringing to the table, and they knew this, is I'm going to bring my marketing contacts. I'm going to negotiate this deal. I'm going to put up my money. And I'm going to put together some of the systems, the CRM. And, but I don't have time to do the hiring. I can't do the training, but little did I know that Johnny had no idea how to capacitate what I was about to bring on because I got us in Valpac money mailer clipper. I was doing SEO like crazy. I was within the day we started, we had 40 reviews. I called every one of his last customers and got reviews from the year before I got Yelp reviews. I got a Facebook reviews. I got the old pictures put up. And I mean, I had my team help me, but I go, we're going to rock this stuff. I had flyers. We went door to door knocking. We got 1500 requests within the first month wow. for Christmas lights. Wow. And we got so busy that we were quoting from Google street view. And little did I know you got to find the workers. And I thought it was Christmas lights. I used to put up Christmas lights at my own house. I mean, you staple them up there. It's like, it's Christmas lights. Well, when people are paying for it, they kind of want things to work perfectly. And they also need timers. And they also need to be plugged in a certain way to go around on a, on a tile roof. So last year, this is going to shock you. <laughs> Cost of my employees, so my labor was 64%. Mm. So... It should be around 35% for that business. Now I own all the lights. We've got a 90% retention rate so far. Every customer we called 90% of them are returning. We raised our prices. We changed the way we pay. So now we pay $10 an hour so we could afford the time and a half. And we give a bonus if they're done within a certain time. So they're going to be making 22 bucks an hour, but if they're slow and they're not doing the job and they're not competent, they can make 10 bucks an hour. And so we kind of built a, a breeding ground for success. I love to pay people what they deserve, but the formulas just didn't make sense. Like my guys make straight commission, but it's not, but there's fixed costs and there's rewards if they do a certain thing a certain way. And if they take care of the customer and they get a five star, there's rewards. So I don't, some people say you should just pay people hourly. I don't incentivize my guys cause they rip people off. And I go, I've had a plenty of hourly workers throughout my career and they are lazy. They don't fix the real problems. And the commission guys, sometimes they do take advantage of people. So it's, it's, there's no right answer. It should be a mix. And I could go on this debate for days, but I, I don't want to go there with you right now. But I could challenge anybody that says commission's evil and you shouldn't do it because I believe paying people for performance, whether it's because of their five-star reviews, whether it's because they didn't get a callback within a year, whatever it is, it's performance-based. And performance-based outweighs hourly any day of the week. And just because somebody works for you for a year, I don't believe in yearly raises and performances. Everybody knows their performance weekly from me. They're all graded in a certain way and they know what's good. They know what's bad. It's black and white and they can make more money in a year. The guy that works six months can make more money than the guy that works for me for five years in the call center mm -hmm. because it's performance mm -hmm. and it's fair. 
And just because you work for me for 30 years does not mean you get a golden parachute to retire and all this stuff. So no, I'm I a love big it. fan I, of performance. I agree. I think that's all awesome. So so what, what advice would you have for a smaller company? Let's say that there's a five-year-old business. They're doing 300000 a year in sales. They feel like they're stuck. They feel like they don't have the money. There's always reasons that we build in our head on why we can't explosively grow or why we can't get past a certain level. Uh, a lot of times it's just made up or it's mental. Uh, but what would you say for someone that wants to build a multi-million dollar business, they're less than a half a million, where do they start? What are the things they should focus on? All right. Well, I, I went through this the other day with you. Number one is so many people think they're taking advantage of customers. I talked to a guy yesterday. He said, Tommy, he said, what do I do, man? I can't get customers because I'm doing Facebook. He goes, I'm trying to build some links on my SEO, but I don't really have the money for that. He goes, uh, I do Yelp because I pay for that. I go, okay, dude, wait a minute. You're not 90% of all services. Anytime somebody needs something on demand, they go to Google 90%. If you're not on the first page, 5% of those people go to the second page. So you're buried right off the bat. Don't even talk to me. If you're not touching Google, you don't even exist. And I, I wasn't a like that. I mean, I was a nice guy to him and I, I listened to him and I, I really heard his story, but I, I just, in my head, I'm saying this stuff. And, um, you know, I think that it's, first of all, you need to have your prices. So many people say, yeah, I pay the industry average and, and I don't rip people off. I'm just not into selling stuff people don't need. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you're going to take it. So here's what some guys do. And this is like a bad break shop. They say, yeah, we're going to go ahead and do your breaks. So they do the breaks. They hook them up for 29 bucks and they're the cheapest in town. Next month they come back. They do the breaks again. The next month they come back again. Finally, the guy with the bad breaks goes, I'm taking this to another shop. They go to the other shop and they go, your rotors are warped and your calipers aren't working. We're not going to charge you 29 bucks. We charge 129 bucks. We're going to charge you a hundred dollars more. We're also going to charge you for the rotors. We're also going to charge you for the ca ca uh, calipers. We're going to fix the whole system and you'll never have to come back. These are warranted. We're going to see you in four years. And they understand that there's a cost of acquisition. There's a cost. So many people say, yeah, you know, this guy, this Tommy Mello guy, he charges people a lot of money. He doesn't do the right thing. He, I get more repeat business. I get more five stars for when we charge customers a thousand dollars than my guys that charge people two hundred dollars. So I could I could totally demolish anybody that says that. So so they pay their guys fourteen dollars an hour. They ten ninety nine them. The guys got to drive their own truck. They don't get gas money. And these you know the owners have their wives working for them that don't get paid. They've got their son in law working in the warehouse on the weekends, and he buys them a couple beers and lunch. And they never get to go on vacation. Their relationships suck. And they go, yeah, yeah but I, I got customers that love me. You don't even have a business. You have a job. You do not have a business. You have no right to even act like you own a business. You can barely afford to pay your taxes if you're even caught up on your taxes. So first of all, you don't take care of employees and you're always turning over your employees. You have no retention because you're not charging the customer because you think charging a customer the right price you think charging them the right price, because you have no idea what the right price even means. You think you're taking advantage of them and you're, you're going to do a bad thing. Even though you don't pay your employees crap, you're not providing for anybody, you don't have relationships with your family. And that's the biggest thing that pisses me off is they go, you ever people off? I go, we're not even, I go, my guys are loyal as hell. I can go to Hawaii next week for a month and my business will still run. Not a lot of people can say the same because I got the right people in charge. I got the right systems. 
and I've invested in the infrastructure of the business. And I don't, my mom does work for me and my stepdad and they make cumulatively $150,000 and they have insurance for the company and they get paid time off and they get all kinds of Christmas bonuses and they get the, and they're paid like every other employee. And, you know, I have a lot of people that work for me, but they make great money because they reap what they, they sow, you know, they, they get to make money. And I just think of the guy saying, Oh, I can't charge those prices of those big companies. They're a ripoff. How did you even establish your pricing? You don't even, you have no idea what your true costs are. You can't even afford to advertise. Mm. So, so I'm sorry. I get so, oh, I get excited, <laughs> but I get passionate. You no, know? I think sometimes, sometimes people need a, a, you know, to be pulled up to the top of the mountain. And sometimes I need a big fat kick in the butt to get moving. And I think it's great, man. <laughs> it's awesome. It's true. You know, and I, I talk to thousands of small business owners and I'm like, I'm a nice guy. I mean, I am. And a lot of times I'll have calls with them and I'm kind of thinking in my head what you're saying right now, but I, I, maybe I should articulate it a little more forcefully sometimes because I, for example, I had a guy I was working with and I said, listen, I'll, t- I'll do a few calls with you, but only if you do exactly what I tell you to do. If you don't do it, then I'm not going to do the calls with you. And he's paying me a thousand bucks a month. I talked to him for like 45 minutes. And so I, I talked to him and we, we set some basic goals, really little business, and uh, he was complaining about how his wife doesn't support his business, right? She's not on board. I said, well, is business, your business has been a freaking dumpster fire for 10 years. You never have money. Everything's on fire. It's horrible. It's stressful. She doesn't trust you. I said, what would be a win for her? How can we use the business to get a win to maybe just add a little bit of trust, a little bit of trust in her head? And he said, well, we need a new hot water heater, okay? And I'm, I'm promise I'm getting somewhere with this. I said, all right, well, what, how much is a hot water heater? He said, I need a th- 1500 bucks for this tankless hot water heater. I said, cool. I said, this is the day we're going to install that hot water heater that she thinks is impossible because you never come through. This is the day. This is the plan of how we're going to do it. And it was like three weeks out. Well, I call him uh, the week before. I said, hey, is this is a hot water heater scheduled? Oh, no, I can't afford to do that. I said, don't ever call me again. I yelled at him. I got all mad. I never, ever do that to people. I was so pissed that this guy had no respect for his wife, who's pretending like he's a victim of his own business, pretending like the world is happening to him and he can't even, you know, come up with 1500 But it was, it was a disgrace and I completely freaked out on him. Well, the result of that was he got the hot water heater installed a day early, paid cash for it, and all he had to do was go out and hustle and make it happen. But he was playing so many mental games with himself, uh, he was just self-sabotaging his entire life. So I, I don't know, <laughs> but I feel your frustration, I guess, with that. And it, it, it's, it's sometimes I, I, I like, I like to be very subtle. I don't like to, to, to have that discussion. And I, I like to motivate people to do the right thing, especially that I'm helping. But some of the time it's self-reflection and understanding your own problems. And I'm pretty good at self-reflecting when I'm, when I go through anxiety and I go, man, I need to, you know, like, like we look at some of our accounts receivable and my general manager said, man, we got $200,000. I go, we did $120,000 yesterday. I said, that's for six months. I go, I'll collect all that money. Don't get me wrong. But in one day, we did 120000 on Monday. And I go, you think I give a, a, a rat? That's nothing. Because the home warranty companies, the builders, they pay, and I collect that. But $200,000 is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But what my point is, it's, it's a tiny, tiny fraction. Of, it's like a, a per, it's under a percent of our revenue for the time. So I was like, we'll get it. But but I need to take things relatively to what they are. And it's not a big fire. So I went yesterday, I collected 40 grand. It was like a couple of phone calls and I, you know, everybody, I mean, I'm on this stuff like white on rice and I, 
I do. When somebody has my money, I'm not, not, not the nicest of guys. I just explain to them that I'm not a bank and it should be charging interest. But at this point, if we want to have this relationship, but one of the things I learned from a consultant is what's in it for me. And what that means is what's in it for the other guy. So people think what's in it for me at the end of the day, if you want to learn how to motivate people, exactly what you said, what's in it for that wife, how can, so when you're negotiating, if I'm negotiating with somebody, like the other day I was negotiating with one of our vendors, the garage door company, uh, garage door supplier of garage doors. And of course we could grow, we could buy more doors for them. So we could give them more of our market share. Number one, number two is they strategically are in areas that they might not have good buyers. Well, I'm a growing company. So maybe I could go into an area, let's just say, uh, you know, Chicago, Metro Chicago. And they say, you know, that market, we just don't have a good market share there. So if I go in that market and I'm willing to spend a hundred thousand dollars a month in marketing and I'm getting, and I'm, I bring you a hundred thousand dollars a month, that's easy. Let's just say I bring them $200,000 a month of garage doors. Would that, would that help you? Oh man, if you're willing to go to some of our areas, we need that. I mean, we can't even keep our DCs open. That would be great. So that's another thing. So what else could I do? Sometimes I think about the individual, you know, where are you from? And they'll, they'll say, uh, I'm from, uh, Washington. You know, I haven't been back to Seattle in a few years. Maybe you say, look, I'm going to be in Seattle at this time. Why don't we go? I'll buy you a ticket. We'll fly out there together. So, so now you're thinking about individually and as a company, what can you take to your boss? So in negotiation say, what's in it for them? If you could identify those things and whiteboard them and go into a strategy call with them and the fact that you're not asking, you're going, you know, let me do this for you. You know, when me and you got on the phone the other day, you said, Tommy, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go, I'm going to sit here tonight and I'm going to think about all the people I want to introduce you to, because I think you didn't meet some of these people and I want to help you out. And I just, I'm, I'm, I have fun around your energy. And I thought to myself, man, this guy, this guy's awesome. He's just thinking exactly like I just talked about because you know, a lot of times if you have that mentality, I'm going to help somebody because I know I'll get it back tenfold. It's going to come back to me. And if people have that attitude going into negotiations and employees and how they treat people and how they treat their siblings and their wife or husband, it would be a better world, but they'd be so much more successful. Yeah, man. I, it's, it was really clear within minutes of talking to you that you're a long-term thinker. I think that one of the root problems with these people is that they're, they're transactional. Every single part of their life is transactional. It's about the $5 they can get today to survive. They have a scarcity mindset. They're, they're terrified of failure to the point where they're, they guarantee their own failure. And, and rather than being relational, you know, I, I have relationships with people that uh, haven't turned into a monetary value at all and might not for three or four five years and if they never do it doesn't matter because i don't even think of it like that it's you just need to think long term and invest and put you know collaborate like what what you're saying uh, i do i have a couple questions for you because i want to respect your time the first one i want i want to ask in your early days uh did you have a grand vision of i'm going to be this tens of millions of dollars crazy entrepreneur guy or is this just kind of happened and in real time, as you're experiencing, was this like some sort of master plan? Did you have that fire in your belly to build a $100 million business? That, that's the first question. And then I want to pivot maybe to close out talking about some of the technology stuff. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I did have some time and I enjoyed it. So if you, I don't know we could go, you know, 45 minutes, an hour since we started, I'm fine. Um, I just feel like when we talk about this stuff, if I could help somebody and they get one thing, when I have my meetings, if they get one thing, 
and it changes somebody, it, it was worth it. And, and whenever I'm able to do something, and let's say you have a thousand or ten thousand or hundred thousand, hundred thousand listeners, if just one percent of them take one thing and it changes them, it was worth an extra fifteen minutes of my time. So don't don't worry about that. And I'm sorry I'm outside and I'm kind of close to the airport. So if you hear some background, I just I walk and talk, and that's why I got so much energy because I'm always like skipping along here in the back of the building, but I paced <laughs> around the building. But, you know, when I started out, I just knew one thing. I'm going to move the ball forward. I have a big goal. A big goal to me was a million dollars at one point. But my ex-girlfriend, who I still hang out with, I was hanging out with her yesterday. She's like, Tommy, she's like, what happens when you hit a hundred million? I'm like, you're right. I'm like, it's going to be 500 million, isn't it? She goes, when are you going to be happy? She goes, because you always set these goals and you always hit your goals. She goes, you want to be the best at anything. She goes, I lost. She goes, the last time you lost a ping pong to Adam, you went and got ping pong lessons. You know, she's <laughs> like, you're crazy. Anything you want to be good at, you just you oh. figure out, you find the best person possible and you figure it out and you just do it. That's and I said, amazing. yes, I stopped wasting time. I went to the number one guy in Arizona, the number one player rated in the world. He's the top guy in Arizona. And he trained me how to beat anybody that I play now at ping pong. So I should pull anything I want to do. I just get coached. Oh, that's amazing. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that. The smaller businesses are also horrified to spend a little bit of money or time to invest in their education and their network and their circle of influence, which is madness because everybody I know that's a high achiever is very, very intentional and focused on their self-improvement, their education, their network, right? Uh, What would you say to the small businesses to kick them in the butt in that regard? Well, 100%. Look. You need to get a coach. You need to get somebody. I don't need to have a trainer. I used to train people at Gold's Gym. I used to be a trainer back in my late teens. And I don't need a trainer. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. But I want the accountability to show up. And what, what a coach does is gives you accountability. Now, there's a few things I'd say is that when you talk to a coach or somebody you're going to get help from is, give me a couple examples of guys you worked with. I'd like to call them up and see how that's going. Number one. Number two, I'd say don't get into a long-term contract because I'll of coaches are wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I'm going to put you with this guy and I'm going to take all your money and hopefully you get some value out of it because I really don't care about you. Mm. Bullshit. Sorry, excuse the French, but you want to make sure that you get a 30-day, hey, if I give you 30 days advance notice. And I'd I'd recommend that with any contract anybody gets into. And by the way, if you're ever selling a contract, call it an agreement. It's way less uh, confrontational and you'll sell way more of them. Uh, The next thing you want to do with a coach is tell me exactly if you're going to charge me a thousand dollars a month, I want to know how I could get 10 times from you. And I want to see this in black and white. So what I would say, if I was the coach is I would say, well, number one, I'm going to bring financing to you. I'm going to teach all your guys, but I'm not going to teach every one of them. What I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you. We're going to make a video and you're going to make sure your guys watch this. So they can repeat after me exactly what I say. You don't have to change the words. You don't have to do anything different. And here's how you're going to present it. And I can't clone myself, but I can make a video. So number one, we're going to teach you that. Number two, I'm going to bring you a bunch of money by doing this. I'm going to open up a resource you've never used before. I'm going to get you to the top of Google. We're going to get you so much reviews. You're a 2.3 star. We're going to make you a 4.5 star within a month. Now that, I could show you how it's worth 10 times. Number three, so they got to teach you and show you how they're going to make you money because a lot of people talk a big game, but you need to decide black and white how I'm going to measure the success as if I work with you. But my number one thing as a coach or a student is if I'm going to hire you, or I'm going to work with you, you're going to do what you say you're going to do, and we're going to hold each other accountable because if we don't and you're not going to jump on the calls, I'll take your money, and this is the last time I'm working from you, for you. Because 
if I can't depend on you to do this, I can't depend on anything. And you're going to make me look bad. And I don't even want that. I'm here to help. And I should get paid for my time. Just like you get paid for your time with your profession. And if you're not willing to take that and work with me together, then we just, it's not going to be a good relationship. And I don't need your money. I can work with a lot of people that choose me to work with me because I am going to make them successful. Just like I said, I hate to lose. I'm the most competitive SOB you'll ever meet. And when I, when I work with a team, I want them to be successful and I want to win. And if I can't work with winners, then I don't need to, I could pick and choose who I work with. Hmm. You know, that was great perspective, man. That's awesome. And I love the little nugget you threw in there about not calling contracts, contracts, calling them agreements. <laughs> your, your brain is probably full of nuggets like that. Uh, I know that you're doing a lot of work with like, Amazon, like you're literally working with Amazon. And even though you have the garage door business, you have some technology companies, you have some massive expertise and large teams around SEO and Google stuff. And Amazon is going to launch Amazon home services. Can you explain kind of what that's going to be like when that rolls out? What, how aware of this should people be? What, what can they do and kind of what's going on in that world? So this is going to be massive and this is probably one of the biggest insights I could give about the future of the next 10 years and what's going to happen with technology. And it's not going to be exactly like I explained. There's going to be things that shift and turn as we go, but basically Amazon home services, Facebook marketplace, Google home services are coming out with their own platforms. They want to own all the segments and they will. So basically they're going to be finding good people. So they're going to rely on real reviews and actually Google right now is actually calling customers and doing real reviews and verified reviews by their people. So there's not a lot, you know, these days of fake reviews that people are doing are, are going away. So you need to have amazing, amazing uh, customer service. And it needs to be a wow experience. But basically with Amazon, Amazon Home Services, if you order a Christmas lights, because we were talking about that, it will say, a pop-up will pop up, and do you want an extended warranty, and do you want to get these installed? If I order a sink or a uh, oven or any type of fixture, it'll say, would you like this installed? Now, what Amazon does is it pulls out all of the vendors that have signed up. Now, you can sign up through Amazon Home Services. It's called Seller Central on Amazon. And you go through, you get your guys' background checked, you put the service areas, and then you put how much you're willing, how much you need to get paid for that job. Well, Amazon adds up if you got five guys, they'll take the median, which they add up five divided by five, or I should say the mean divided by five, and they'll take that number and that's how much they'll pay. Now, the quickest one to bid on that gets it. Now, you need to keep your reviews up because they'll review you. Did you show up on time? Did you stay on the price? I mean, you know, a lot of times the people didn't buy the right stuff. You needed a couple gaskets or whatever you needed for the sink. And people understand that or caulking or extra stuff, but it, did you take advantage of them? And, uh, what was the overall experience? You know, did you feel like it was a quality install? So Amazon, they'll, they'll reward the people that do the right job, that get the great reviews. So huge opportunity, Amazon Home Services. For me, it's a great thing because it, we saw a lot of openers. A lot of people order an opener. They love Amazon. They love Home Depot. They order that. And why did their opener fail? Well, because their springs aren't doing their job. So I go out there and I show them exactly what it says in the manual. And now I sell them springs, rollers, cables, bearings, whatever else they need because there's other parts that failed. Some people think, hey, you're not doing the right thing. Why'd you do that? Then I'm going to be back out of here in a month. And I go up to people on garage doors and I'm like, you see the last guy that he, he was here? So then I see a sticker. I was like, they were out here four times within one year. Do you want me to come out here four times and charge you a service call every time and replace the parts? Or do you just want me to get done with it now? 
I'm not going to warranty old parts. I just start fresh for how much I'm going to charge you and be done with it for the next 15 years. So Amazon has that rolling out. And right now you got Google local services. It's called the Google Guaranteed Program. They're doing it in locksmiths, HVAC, electrical, and plumbing. And what they do is they do advanced verification for garage doors and locksmiths because we're the worst companies out there. We've got a bunch of fake Google listings. So they actually, they go on Google Hangouts. You're going to talk to a lady from India. She's going to go, hello, Mr. Thomas Mello. But not exactly like that. But she, <laughs> they want to see your business card. They want to see my shirt with a logo on it. They want to see my truck with logos on it, with permanent logos. They want to see utility bills. They want to see this insignia on the front door. They want to see the truck start. They want to see garage door springs. They want to see ladders. They want to see the winding bars. And they want to see, like I said, invoices. And if you don't have all that stuff, you're not going to get verified. And then you can't advertise Google Guarantee. Now, the Guarantee program guarantees the buyer up to $2,000 that the job is going to go good. If it doesn't go good, Google will pay the $2,000, but you're never going to be allowed to advertise on Google again. So they got you, I mean, by the you don't know what, or you know what. Yep. And uh, you better make it right, or you're not going to be able to advertise on Google. So that's the Google program. Now, one last thing I want to add to everything is there's what's called transpose. So I could hear you and I could put those into words, just like I'm talking into my phone and it'll do text messaging. Well, when you say Alexa or Siri or Hey Google, those are the big three, and you tell them what you're looking for, within five years, you're going to say, Hey Google, find me a garage door company nearby. They're going to look all over the internet for the best reviews. Google's going to first take Google verified reviews. They're going to look at Yelp. They're going to look at some other sources that they believe are accurate. They're going to make sure that it's a drug tested company that's got all the drug tests. So someone's showing up to your house and they are going to find the most reputable company in your area to show up. They're going to find the best pizza company if you don't know what kind of pizza you want. So you're going to be able to order eggs that'll show up to your front door within five years. And they're going to make sure they're the best eggs. They're going to make sure if you only eat organic, they're organic eggs. You don't even have to tell them that. So reputation now matters more than ever. And if you're, and I'm, other than Home Advisor, we're the first ones in the home service space working on this syndication and being able to transpose when somebody does this. And I already know all the review sites that all this stuff's going on. So we're working very, very hard to take the extra time with the customer and incentivize them to take the time to make sure to let us know how we did, which is, uh, you know, people go, I just don't have the time for this stuff. I'm like, you don't not have the time because you will not be in business. A lot of these baby boomers, seven out of 10 of them will be retired within the next six to 10 years. They don't have an extra kin. And this is why I'm going to take over the whole industry. Yep. We, just, we talked just, about that. It's, it's, just, it's like I view it as a modern day gold rush with home services because not only do you have the baby boomers, but millennials are starting to make money and they're buying houses. But the difference is, is they don't do stuff themselves. They don't fix the leaky toilet themselves on average in general. They hire stuff, right? So the, I see the demand for home services going through the roof. But I see uh, technology being a huge piece of it. Most people are asleep at the wheel. They're going to get crushed. They're going to get buried. And you can be mad and angry and feel sorry for yourself all you want that Google and Amazon are, are stepping in between you and your customer. But it doesn't matter if you're mad because it's happening. It's coming. It's already here. It's going to get even more intense. So it's actually an opportunity. So you know, I thank you for sharing all that. I, you mentioned that you... Uh, you know the CEO of Home Advisor, right? How do you know all these people? You're a maniac. You know, the thing is, I just people are willing to take my calls a lot now, and 
And I, like I said, what's in it for them? So I'm bringing stuff, and I said with my book I'm coming out with, I'd really like you to put a section in. I said, dude, I'm massive in Home Advisor. He's like, oh, my God, yeah, you, like, take on more leads than any other Grazer company. Grazer is one of our best segments. So he's making money from me, and I said, listen, I want to make you a tons of money. I said, I've got a goal. You've got a goal. Your goal is to get as many people on your platform, great companies. My goal is to get my book out there because it's my first book, and I want to win, and I want to be a bestseller, and I want to kill it. So I said, I'd like you to put a section in to my book to all those people that used to use Service Magic or use Home Advisor that don't like it. And I'm going to tell them exactly how I make money and exactly how I incentivize one employee only to download the app. And I get the most hungry person in my office. And this gal, Anna, she's taking gets a Home Advisor call. She jumps up, does a cartwheel, and hits speed dial at the same time. She gets five <laughs> bucks for every call she books. And he started laughing and he goes, dude, I'd be happy to help you out. He goes, when do you want to do it? So I had him on my podcast and that's the kind of way I had the CEO of, of Valpac because people don't think the Valpac works. He was on the phone yesterday. I've had, you know, I've got the CEO of enterprise. I've had the CEO of service Titan, who's my CRM, which I don't get paid to, to praise service Titan. I have no affiliate deal worked out with them, but I can tell you that the one thing that's made me scalable is service Titan because People don't do what you expect. They do what you inspect. And Service Titan makes sure that there's a sticker placed on every garage door and every opener. They can't download it. They can't upload it. They can't do anything. You've got to take a picture that timestamps. We made them change that just for us. You can't, everything, if somebody moves a call off a person and moves it to somebody else, it shows the last person that touched it. Every call is recorded. I know my call booking rate. I know my technician conversion rate. I know their average rating because there's a survey that gets text messages to every customer. And would you use this again? Yes or no? It's a simple question. And uh, one out of five star, they take a quick, quick, quick survey. I explain to customers we offer financing. That's all done through Service Titan. We have memberships. I'm the, one of the first companies in Grazer is to come up with a membership because reoccurring income is everything. So I took all these really smart people that are way more intelligent than me on so many factors. I, I, you know, I know a lot of things just because I talk to a lot of people, but I am a student for life and I read a lot of books and these guys are experts. I mean, these guys understand they deal with home service companies doing a billion dollars a year. So I listen to them and they get to add in, but I, I give them the opportunity to say, this is what we do. And here's how we've changed from the old days. And here's why you should be involved. And then I tell them what works for me in the book. So, you know, that's great. And, and I'm just a big, big fan of a good CRM. And I can tell you that, you asked me a few questions. The, the first one is employees. You didn't ask me this one, but so many people say, I just can't, I can't get good guys. Number one, I was in a house 2008, 2009. I, I, hundreds of millions of dollars this guy had. He said, I own more dealerships across the West Coast than any one person alive. And I said, are you kidding me? My dad used to own transmission shops. Dealerships have the highest turnover ever. He goes, Tommy, I'm on the phone for 15 minutes at night with my number one guy. He goes, I pay my guys 15 to 20% more than the industry average. He goes, I don't have any problems with retention. He goes, my guys are the best of the best. He goes, yes, I pay more. They don't leave and they make way more. He goes, what's 20% if they're making 300%? A bad hire will cost you 300% more than a good hire. Mm. A, 1A equals 3B. Remember that 1A player will equal 3B pay, B players performance. That's a fact. And these guys that you have that are looking to make more money, 
Number one, I, I had a guy ask me, if you had $1,000 today in your pocket and that's it, what would you do to start a business? I'd say, <laughs> I would tell them, I'd go to the casino with $1,000 because that's not enough money to start a company. I need enough company to make my payroll and do all my advertising and make my wife happy and make sure I take her out to eat, do everything I need to do for three months, period, in the bank. Make my payroll, have all the parts, have the inventory, have the gas for three months. That's a bare minimum. I need to have a little nest egg or else I don't have sufficient funds to start a business. But if I really had to go out there with $1,000, I would do what I've been doing is I'd go meet, I'd meet the people. I, the other, two days ago, I was at CVS. I posted on Facebook. The guy goes, hey, how are you? He goes, what are you looking for? Maybe I could help. I go, I'm looking for some of that melatonin. I'm, I just want to be able to fall asleep a little easier at night. He goes, aisle nine, sir. If there's anything else you need, my name's Roger. Come find me. I said, perfect. Thanks, Roger. I was walking up the line. He goes, do you have your CVS card? I said, I tried my phone number. And it was buy one, get one free. So you needed a CVS card. He goes, sir, I'm really sorry, but that phone number didn't work. Would you like to sign up? And I said, no. He goes, well, I can't give you the free one. He goes, it literally takes less than 30 seconds. I'll get, I might get quick. So he goes, boom, 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 puts the information in. He goes, listen, Tommy, because he got my number. He goes, and my name and my address. And he goes, the really clever members, they go to that little coupon station. They come in, they check it in, and they get the coupons when they walk in. He goes, you have a great night. Appreciate you coming in today. I walked out. I walked out stunned. I was like, that's the best customer service. The guy signed me up for a membership. It was amazing. I grabbed three business cards. I walked back in and I said, listen, Roger, that was the best performance I've seen in a long time. If you're ever looking for a job, please call me. I'd love to have you. I said, I'm sure you're doing great at this job, but if one day keep this in your back pocket, you're always welcome to work for me. I'd love to have you. Well, that same day I had a girl from great clips that I get my haircut from. I got an email from her. She said, Tommy, remember you handed me a business card. It was about eight months ago. She said, I'm really getting sick of haircuts. She goes, you offered me a customer service job. I'd like to take you up on that. And that's how you recruit. You recruit great people. The great people are not without a job. Yes. The great people already have a job. You got to steal them. You got to find personalities. And you, so many small businesses say, I need to find, they're looking for that golden star, that, that guy that's going to just fix everything for me. He's just, he's going to do exactly what I do. He's going to be perfect. No one's ever going to be the owner, period. Forget about that. And if you want it done your way or the highway, and if only you can do it, and if it does, if I don't do it, it doesn't get done right, then you might as well just go work for somebody because you're never going to be able to scale your business. You know, it's really funny, man. I'm just so, I have like goosebumps. That was so fire. I made a video yesterday specifically on headhunting, recruiting. You know, headhunting is a whole gigantic industry for Fortune 500 companies. But for some reason, these little businesses, they don't they don't think of it. You need to be recruiting. I teach people to recruit all year round, even when you're not hiring, to have all of your employees recruiting. Be willing to pay big fat bonuses to get the right people because you're right. A players are everywhere. They're working crappy jobs in retail or at restaurants, or they're, but but you can identify them really quickly because the the attitude, the hunger that they have. Right? We just got to go get them and make them a better offer. And <laughs> it's 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 so gold. It's so good, man. I I really 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 appreciate you taking the time. It's awesome to 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 get to know you better, and I look forward to continuing our relationship as well. Uh, if you have any closing inspirational thoughts or kicks in the butt for our listeners, let her rip. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to tell them a couple of places they can find me, but there's one last thing that I think is a few good good things. I want to talk real quick about hiring and real quick about um, a marketing, and then I'll get out get it out of your hair. Um, so 
I had a hard time getting great technicians because a lot of times I was the same way. I'd like to find guys with experience. And a lot of times I was taking the last company's garbage. So what we learned from a consultant, his name's Al Levy. He wrote the seven power contractor, really smart guy. I'll give credit where it's due. Uh, super really good at operational. My passion is sales and marketing. He's an operational guy. You know, there's this program where you do an apprentice that makes 10, 15 bucks an hour. We pay ours 15. It's a few months process. And then they moved up to junior technician and then senior tech. And then you got a field supervisor. Field supervisor spends one day out of the five days working. And then you call it, you know, they're training. They're doing ride-alongs. They're working on operational, technical, and sales. So if a guy's taking a time, way too much time, because I've, I know exactly how long a guy takes to install an opener or do a spring job. If a guy's taking too long, that's technical. They need to have the right tools and know how to do it in order to be efficient technical-wise. Operational, are they parking in the right spot? Are they tucking in their shirt? Do they smell like cigarettes? Are they grabbing the tools? Are they standing the right way when they're presenting to the customer? That's operational. Are they making the phone call when they should have? Are they, are they idling the whole time when they're at the house when the car should be shut off? All operational. Stickers in the right spot, operational. Sales? Sales is a, is a big one for me because it's harder to teach that because you have to have self-confidence. So I try to find someone that, you know, every day you're working, you're selling. Every day you meet your wife. Every day you're making a new friend. Every day you meet somebody at the grocery store, you're, you're in sales. So the sales, you know, sales is human, period. But this program of getting them, getting the right person, because you'll find that your, your, your amount of people you could hire will go up a thousand times if you're just looking for an apprentice. You find the right personalities and you teach them your way. So they only know when they start the right way. You know, teaching an adult dog new tricks sometimes doesn't work. So you teach them your way. So this program has allowed us to scale dramatically. Number one. Number two is the org chart is important. But you, you got to understand, if I was to go out with no money, first thing I'd turn on is Home Advisor because I'm only paying for performance. I'd get in Groupon. I'd get in Living Social. It gets me in the door. That's all I want. I'm going to get in the door and I'm only paying on performance. I only pay if I get a job. So very, very low hanging fruit. Number two is start building up your SEO, search engine optimization. Google is king. Think about what's going to make the phone ring. Now, I'm a big fan of KPIs, key performance indicators. So first thing I ask people is what's your call booking rate? People say, oh, I'm 90, 95%. <laughs> At least, you know, my mom, my mom and my my wife and my son work for me and they all book, we book every call. Okay. You have no clue. You are completely out of line to even tell me that until we can figure out what your booking rate is. We're not going to be able to work on your marketing or anything because I want to book every customer that comes through the door. The best call centers in the world have a 90%. You do not, whatever you think. And so they get a call and they go, yeah, that was out of service area. That one doesn't count. Well, wait a minute. That does count. Because I want to know why it's out of service area and how they got your number because we got to fix it. And then they say, well, we were overbooked that day. We don't got nighttime guys, so we couldn't book that one. That one doesn't count. Okay, well, let's fix that. Well, that one doesn't count because, you know, we watch football on Sundays and we don't work Sundays. and then they need So you're not counting all this stuff? How are we supposed to fix the problem? So you're probably more at like 50%. So if I can get you up to 80%, if I can increase, you're getting 100 calls a month, you're booking 50 of them. If I can get you 30 extra calls, would that be good for you? You don't need to spend more money on marketing until we get your call booking rate up. And then your average ticket. Your average ticket sucks. It's the industry's worst. On top of that, your conversion rate. You show up to a house and you're only closing 73% of the jobs that you're going out to for repair. We'll get that up to 95. 
but you've got to have the facts. So knowing your key performance indicators, and there's not a lot of them, average ticket conversion rate, how your employees are being responded to, meaning reviews or how they're being rated on a survey. Those are the three biggest ones. Your call booking rate in your call center. If I could change the way we dispatch, I do not let Tom Brady sit on the bench during the Super Bowl. That's just not going to happen. So your best guys should get the best jobs, but everybody should have a fair chance to earn those jobs. So there's just a few things I wanted to hit, Josh. I'm sorry, but that, that was really it. Um, I'll just say a few ways to get a hold of me. Uh, homeserviceexpert.com. There's Tommy Mello, M-E-L-L-O.com. Uh, my, my main company's A1Garage.com, A1 Garage or a Service. And uh, the book is coming out in about two months. It's called The Home Service Millionaire. And it's, uh, I got a lot of great CEOs, COOs, uh, amazing people that are just experts in their field about service agreements, sales, marketing, hiring, uh, mistakes I've made, uh, mistakes other people have made it just the right way to do things. And, uh, I put everything I got in there. I mean, the gal that's helping me put it all together is like, dude, you got to stop. Like we're already over (laughs) 200 pages. I'm like. I can't. I'm like, I got to give them everything. This is my, this is my masterpiece. So I, I can't contribute any more than I've already done cut off, but, uh, it's going to be a good book, I think. And, uh, you know, I'm going to make it really affordable. I just want to get it out there and, and I want to make sure that I deliver value and long-term I leave a legacy. So I'm hoping that, uh, somebody could get something out of, of what we talked about today and hopefully out of the book. And if they want to email me, it's T M E L L O at a1garage.com is uh, one of my 12 emails. So it all goes to the same one. And uh, I just, I, I, I got a passion for this stuff, Josh, and I appreciate you letting me jump on a call. I just feel like I should start slow clapping right now because th- this was such an epic call. <laughs> and we covered so much ground. I'm super thankful to know you and for you to take the time. When your book comes out, The Home Service Millionaire, uh, maybe we can have you back on and kind of promote the book and, and maybe go through it or may, I'll, I'll get a copy and go through it and we'll have you on for another interview. Yeah, uh, I'll send you a signed copy. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That'd be awesome. I'd, uh, I appreciate you, Tommy. Uh, thanks for sharing your gold nuggets and uh, the brutal, honest truth with uh, the Quick Talk listeners. Super appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate the time today. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, thanks for hanging out, friends. And from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.